Hello, I'm Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, and welcome to our continuing podcast series, uh, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. Today we're going to do something a little different. I want to interview CBF's vice president for litigation, John Mueller, specifically about the litigation that is currently working its way through federal court, in which a number of large national lobbying associations are suing the Federal Environmental Protection Agency uh, and the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, we are full interveners in the case, over the Chesapeake Clean Water Blueprint. That is the state-federal partnership designed to reduce pollution coming into the Chesapeake Bay and all the rivers and streams by very specific amounts with a deadline of the year 2025 and an interim deadline of 2017. So John, glad to have you here. Thank you, Will. I want to start out with um, a very basic question as to what the genesis of this lawsuit was. Sure. Uh, back in uh, 2010, we were able to settle the case that we had brought against EPA asking them to enf enforce the Clean Water Act. Um, they had signed up for a number of Bay agreements and had not complied, and the states had not complied with their obligations to clean up the Bay. Uh, and so we sued EPA over that, and uh, along with a number of other partners, uh, we were able to successfully settle that case. And one of the settlement terms was that EPA would develop a Chesapeake Bay total maximum daily load, uh, which basically sets the amount of pollution that all the different sources within the Bay region can discharge into the Bay. Discharge without putting the Bay out of balance. And that total maximum daily load, those limits, mean that pollution will have to come down significantly. Correct. Okay. So that was the original program. And who is suing EPA and why? So shortly after the uh, Chesapeake Bay total maximum daily load was put into place, issued by EPA, the American Farm Bureau Federation and the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau Federation filed suit, challenging EPA's authority to issue that TMDL, we call it here, the Chesapeake Bay Clean Water Blueprint. John is a attorney, and so uh, terms like total maximum daily load are important to him, uh, listeners. But uh, as he just mentioned, this is the Chesapeake Clean Water Blueprint. It is the blueprint for clean water in the nation for reducing pollution to levels that will put a very complex, very large system back into balance. So, John, you keep on calling it the TMDL if you want. That's the legal term. And I'll keep reminding the listeners that this is the Chesapeake Clean Water Blueprint. So... What uh, are the claims that the plaintiffs are asking the court to uh, uh, agree with? Well, that has uh, evolved a little bit over time. Uh, within the district court case, it, the case was filed in the Middle District of Pennsylvania, uh, Judge Sylvia Rambo presiding. Uh, they alleged that EPA did not have the authority to issue this TMDL blueprint. Um, and that the model used to develop the loads uh, for nitrogen, phosphorus, and sediment that could come from the various sources within the Chesapeake Bay watershed um, were, was, not, uh, was flawed. 
and that EPA had not given the plaintiffs or the rest of uh, citizens the op opportunity to uh, review that blueprint and to challenge the way it was constructed. And uh, the Chesapeake Bay Foundation's involvement, uh, give us a little bit of background there. We're full defendants in the case as of now. Right. Uh, the way the lawsuit was constructed is the Farm Bureau Federation and the other national lobbying groups, the corn growers, the poultry association, the turkey growers, the pig growers, they uh, and the home builders and the National Home Builders Association uh, were the, are the plaintiffs, and so they sued EPA. Uh, we came in on uh, the side of EPA in support of its authority to issue this agreement. So to do that, we uh, had to, to be identified as intervening defendants, and we are joined with a number of other groups. Uh, we represent the Environmental Defense Fund, uh, Midshore Riverkeeper Association, uh, and Penn Future. The Southern Environmental Law Center is, is working with us on that as well. Okay. Now, Judge Sylvia Rambo, <laughs> the federal judge who decided the first, uh, the first element of this case, you just can't make this up, Judge Rambo, <laughs> she uh, threw out all the claims. Tell us a little bit about her decision in federal district court in Harrisburg. Sure. Uh, we didn't know much about Judge Rambo, and, and hearing the name, you know, you, we were kind of looking for, you know, a gun-toting person with a, a, a handkerchief on their head <laughs> running through the jungle, but it was actually a very uh, nice uh, woman who, who is uh, recognized as a, uh, a well-recognized jurist. And um, she reviewed the claims. Uh, it took her about a year, actually, to come to a conclusion. After uh, the oral argument. Correct. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, she looked at the fact that the Clean Water Act is set up to embrace a concept known as cooperative federalism. That is, that the states and the federal government have to work together to resolve some of these really intractable problems about you know, non-point source pollution, water that runs off the land from urban areas, from industry, from uh, agriculture, uh, as well as what we call the point sources, which are those things that discharge through a pipe, like wastewater treatment plants. Um, and she thought that the way that the states and EPA had worked together over, over 20 years developing these uh, uh, loads for the different kinds of uh, pollution for the different sectors was a, a, an exemplary example of uh, cooperative federalism and upheld EPA on all counts. So EPA won, Chesapeake Bay Foundation won, the Chesapeake Bay won in federal district court, the plaintiffs suing to try and derail the clean water blueprint lost. Right. Then what happened? Well, then they appealed and they filed their appeal in the Third Circuit Court of Appeals in Philadelphia. Um, the, as I mentioned earlier, their claims changed a little bit at this point. Instead of um, challenging the, the model to develop the loads and uh, the public involvement aspects of the blueprint, they challenged solely EPA's authority to issue the, the blueprint and the way it went about doing that. Uh, they didn't like the fact that EPA has required what's called reasonable assurance that the states will actually obtain those goals. They say that that aspect uh, of this uh, blueprint is not written in the Clean Water Act and therefore EPA, when it kind of told the states, if you don't do more, we're going to 
for example, deny discharge permits for those point sources I mentioned or reduce the limits of which they can discharge, they say that that's not uh, anywhere in the Clean Water Act and that the court should throw it out because of that. John's calling the TMDL the blueprint repeatedly now. We're making <laughs> progress. This is great. Okay, we've heard a lot of attention. We've heard a lot in the media, rather, about 21 states' attorneys general. Can you tell us how they got involved and what the implication of that is? Sure. The, the Farm Bureau uh, was able to get 21 uh, state attorney generals to weigh in as uh, friends of the court, uh, uh, Amica Curi, and to file a brief on their behalf. And some of those attorney generals come as far away as Alaska, um, way outside the Chesapeake Bay watershed. And their argument is, well, if the court uh, approves this blueprint, it will be a model for other places in the nation like the Gulf of Mexico and the Mississippi River watershed that are um, suffering from the same problems that we have here in the Chesapeake Bay. And they feared that this same Bay blueprint would be used in, uh, to stop their pollution. Heaven forbid that other water bodies around the country are cleaned up as well. So uh, the uh, irony is, is pretty ripe. Now, once the decision is rendered in the circuit court, what happens after that? Well, hopefully that will be the end of the matter, uh, but we have heard from the Farm Bureau that, that uh, they are going all the way with this, as they put it. Hopefully, if the decision goes our way, correct, it'll be the end of it. That's correct. Uh, it, and uh, all indications are good. We're still waiting for a decision from the Third Circuit, but the way the oral argument went, uh, uh, we're, we're pretty hopeful. Good. Um, but if you know we were to to win, uh, we're pretty certain that the Farm Bureau is probably going to ask the Supreme Court to take a look at the case. They have to file what's called a petition for certiorari. Um, the Supreme Court doesn't always take appeals. They have to review it and determine if there is a conflict usually between the different circuit courts within the United States. Um, or there's a novel precedent-setting issue that they feel like they need to uh, review. And if it does go to the Supreme Court, obviously that will take many months more, if not a year or more. Uh, first, the Supreme Court has to accept it, and then they'd have to hear it, and then they'd have to decide. During that time, the blueprint is in place and working? Correct. And it has been throughout the course of this litigation. Very good. Well, thank you very much, John Mueller, Vice President for Litigation here at CBF. I'm Will Baker, President of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. If you have any more interest in this issue, if you'd like to know more, uh, look at our website at cbf.org. There's plenty on it about this case. And if you have any questions for us, feel free to email us at chesapeake at cbf.org. Thanks very much.